Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. All right, let's pray for a moment. Can we pray? Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for today. God, what today represents. Lord, that we are set free, that we are free indeed, because you died and rose again. And so, God, we just thank you and we celebrate your resurrection today. God, we we celebrate what that means for each and every one of us as we dive into your word this morning. We give you permission to resurrect things, God, to bring new life. And, God, we just thank you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen, amen. All right. Do I have some paper Bible people in the house today? We got some paper Bibles? Where are my paper Bibles at? We got the Old Faithful paper Bible. You know, none of the apps on this one ever, ever, you mean they don't interrupt me? Um, You know, the battery never dies. It's amazing. This, that's right. We don't lose internet connection. You don't see anybody going like, I can't connect with the Lord. Lord, where are you? Oh, oh, hang on, hang on, right there. No, no, just get right in your word. Do I have some electronic Bible people that are right now having trouble connecting to the internet? Come on. So, so good. Prophetically spoken. Amazing. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke 24, chapter 24. And while you're turning there, do I have any Star Wars fans out there? Got a few Star Wars fans out there? Anybody that's like, nah? Got a couple nahs. We got a couple nahs. No, no Star Wars for you. Have you, ever, have you ever watched, like, all the Star Wars movies, like, in one time, from, like, episode one to, like, whatever it is at now? Do you have a favorite trilogy? Yeah, yell out your favorite trilogy. The second one? None? That was, that, all right, all right. Does anybody like the newest one that, that they've come out with? All, all, the, all the new characters, bringing up back the old characters, all these new characters? Does any, how, many, how many people like the, uh, the episode one through three? You got some, nobody? That, yeah, that's pretty normal. And, and then, and then the, the originals, right, right? Episode four through six. We got some, there's the true fans right there, right? Come on. That's, that's where all the good stuff is. Does that talk about our age? Is that what it is? Okay. Today's message for all, for all my Star Wars fans is titled, A New Hope. A New Hope. Episode 4, for those of you that don't like Star Wars, you can go check that out, the very first one, very first movie. Awesome. If you'd like to follow along, you can follow along in the Version Bible app, or you can get into Living Stones app, click on the Sunday button right down in the middle, and I put all my notes in there for you to make it easy on you, if you can connect to the internet, um, but good luck on that. We'll be praying for you. All right. Who's, who's in Luke chapter 24? Give me a shout. Verse 1 says, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Verse 2, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. Verse 5, the women were terrified, of course, right? Why wouldn't you be terrified? Dazzling robes on a dude? Come on, somebody. Anyway, the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Verse 6, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Come on. He's alive. He is risen. Come on. He's not dead. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Amen. You know, Easter, Easter is like the most important Christian holiday, the most important. 
And some of you, I know you're probably saying, well, what about Christmas, right? If Jesus wasn't born, how could he die, right? And, you know, some of you are like, well, I, I'm kind of a fond of Christmas. We have, we have some Christmas fans out there. You're like, I can contest this Easter thing, you know. But Easter is the most important Christian holiday. Why? Because without the resurrection, Jesus is just another rabbi. He's just another Jewish teacher. The Bible from the very beginning, from, the, from Adam and Eve, everything pointed to Jesus. You know, there's over 300 prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill to be the Messiah. Is that insane? If you go and study that stuff, I mean, the, the odds and the likeliness that one person could fulfill all of those prophecies, it's pretty amazing. No person in history measures up to Jesus. Come on, can I get an amen? My first point, for those of you taking notes, do we have some people taking notes out there? First point, I will thank God for new hope. I will thank God for new hope. Oh, man, my voice sounds so funny. You know, has anybody ever had been on a microphone before and you have to hear yourself for the first time? You're like, oh, gosh, I sound so weird. But when you hear yourself all the time and then you sound different, it's like, who is preaching today? This is so weird. Do I have any history buffs out there? Who, who, who enjoys history? Got some people that enjoy history? You know, history tells us that during the time when Jesus was there, that Israel, the first century Israel, it was not anything more than just a tiny province. Israel was just a tiny province, like backwoods people in Rome, right? They, it was this little town, right? It was just these people that, they were kind of weird because they had these religious beliefs that were so different from everyone else's, and they kind of kept in themselves, and, and they did all these things, but they were just kind of oddballs. Are you with me? <sighs> To the Jewish people, when they were reading the scriptures from the prophets about the coming Messiah who would free them from their oppressors, you got to realize what they were thinking about was Rome. They were thinking about Rome. Why? They were thinking about Rome because Rome was, was taxing them. They're like, wait a minute, we are our own nation. Why, why, why is it that we have to live under Roman rule and we have to pay taxes to these people? Like we're, we, we, we only serve God. And they kind of saw the, this thing that when they had to give to, to these taxes, to these tax collectors, they felt like they were giving to a God they didn't believe in. And so, so they're sitting there during this time praying and waiting and listening and reading about a Messiah. And you know how they envisioned him? They envisioned him to be this, this warrior. Someone who would come in and rescue them. So they were waiting for miracles to happen. You know why they were waiting for miracles to happen? Because when, when they would read about Moses, that's how it happened. When, when everyone was set free from Egypt, they're waiting for the same thing to happen from Rome. They're sitting there going like, hey, when is this going to happen for us? When is the Messiah going to come? I'm waiting for this guy to come in on this, this steed that's going to say, hey, everybody get together. We're taking over Rome. Because God said, are you with me? And this is what they see as a Messiah. What will this Messiah be? They believe that Messiah would come. He'd be a military leader. He'd have a supernatural uprising where the, where the leader would defeat their oppressors. This was their hope. This was their hope. This is the hope that they held on to. I wonder for how many of us that we're dealing with our own oppression. Are we dealing with oppression right here, right now, in the midst of all the stuff, all the life stuff, the, the different oppressors that we have? I don't know about you, but every time I get to the Shell station, I have an oppressor. 
As soon as I put my card in there, I, was, I, I had to look like twice this morning when I, when I filled up my Tahoe. I'm pretty sure I just need to sacrifice it to the Lord. But <laughs> as I looked at this thing, I'm like, wait a minute, does that say $6.04? I was like, holy moly, I, I, I thought I was getting dyslexic or something. Maybe $4.06 I'd be okay with, but even that's still terrible. You know, but I have these oppressors where I'm like, Lord, when will you come and save me? Like, when will you make my Tahoe get 50 miles to the gallon, right? <laughs> come on, Lord, where are you? You know, I'm, I'm waiting for a very mechanical God to come and save me. But I think for a lot of us, we're, 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 when we pray, what do we pray for? We pray for God to take care of our oppression. Maybe it's a job. The job you have, the boss you have, the, maybe it's relationships that you're praying over. Maybe, maybe it's medical stuff. You've got all these oppressions and you're saying, God, if you would just take care of this, I would follow you. I would know that it was you. Is anybody with me? Come on. I know I, I, know I did these things. So I've got some honest people in here. They needed hope. Many of us come to church today looking for hope, looking for God to get us out of the season we're in out of the oppression we're experiencing. John 15, verse 7 says, But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Verse 8, When you produce much fruit, you are true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. You know, when people come to church, a lot of times they're looking for something that's going to get them out of where they were. I've had a lot of guys that would come in here and they, they're like, I lost my job, Pastor. I, need, I, need, I needed to pray for me that I would get a new job and I, that, that God would bless me and that I would see these blessings come into my life. And, and they'd be up here standing at the front worshiping, tears coming down their face. And then God gives them the job and I don't see them anymore. I mean, how many of us, we start reading verses like this out of context. We start reading verses like this and thinking like, okay, well, God wants me to be rich. God wants me to be wealthy. He wants to give me all these good things. And it just makes me even better of a disciple if I, the wealthier that I am. Come on, we read these verses and we take them so far out of context that we really start going to church so that we can fulfill what we want instead of what God wants. You see, we pray for provision, but maybe the provision isn't even what you're needing, what God's needing to do in and through you. As people, we look at these verses. These verses get thrown around, and they make us feel good. They make us feel encouraged. And what could be wrong with that, right? What could be wrong with encouragement? I'll tell you, nothing's wrong with encouragement. You know, the Bible says that don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth except that which is for encouragement, for edification, for those of you that, that read your New King James Version, for that which is for edification. Let only good things come out of your mouth. But here's the thing. We got to make sure that we're we're seeking real hope. Here's point number 2. I will seek God for real hope. For real hope. You see, for too long you've been praying for the same things. Asking God to take this away or take that away or fix this or fix that. And you've been asking God to do these things thinking that your life will be better once that's better. I mean, is anybody with me like if I just get this promotion, then finally everything, like all, all the things will align, my ducks will be in a row, everything will be perfect if I just got that one more deal. Are you with me? I don't know about you, but I, I remember back in the day when I had money, this is before I was a pastor, come on somebody. <laughs> when I had money, I, I had to have the newest phone. Now, 
I have to tell you, this is not the newest phone, okay? This is like a four- or five-year-old phone. But I remember it was like I had to have the newest features. I had to have it. Like, like it's been a year since I had a new phone, and I need a, Anybody with me? No, don't admit, don't admit that. Don't admit that. It's okay. I'm with you, right? All of you that are on your, your PS5, 10, whatever it is right now, all those different things. I will seek God for real hope. My hope doesn't come from a new job. My hope doesn't come from a new car. My hope doesn't come from a new house. Are you with me? My hope, I want real hope. Are you with me? In Psalms 121, verse 1, it says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The truth is everywhere we go, we're looking for hope. We're looking for hope. We look for hope in the government. If we want to admit it or not, oh, if only only this person would have got elected instead of that person, right? I know it's not popular to talk about politics, but that's where a lot of times we look for our hope. We look for our hope in, in money. Oh, if I just got a raise, if I just got what I need. We look for these short-term things. You know, sometimes we look for hope in, in, in substances, in drugs, alcohol. Maybe it's not even that bad. Maybe it's just a double bacon cheeseburger. That's that's where I look for my hope. I usually think it's going to be in that bun somewhere. Are you with me? Yeah, extra bacon, right? You don't even need a bun, just extra bacon. Come on, somebody. So we look for our hope in all these different places. If we're honest, most of us have looked for fulfillment in these different areas of our life. If I just married her, if I, if I just had a man like him, are you with me? then my life would be so much better. Oh, my gosh. I can't tell you how many times when I've sat with different people and they said, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll look at some of these couples. You can look at the, the lovey-dovey ones, right? The ones with their arms around each other, right? We, we got a few of them in here. I, I, I've got different people where they'll say, like, oh, man, if my wife just loved me the way that that one lady in church loved her husband. <laughs> and then I sit there and go, if you only knew, bro. The things that we talk about to figure this stuff out, man. Like, to even get to the place where they're like that. Are you with me? Come on. You don't want somebody else's marriage. You just want to make yours better. Amen? Amen. We look for promotions to fulfill us. The thrill. The thrill of a new girlfriend. The thrill of a new job. New car, new house. These thrills. A lot of times we're just seeking a new thrill. Somebody say, I need a new hope. I need a new hope. Somebody say, I need real hope. I need real hope. You know, John 3.16 is probably the most quoted verse in the Bible. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have ever eternal life. Verse 17. God sent His Son into the world, not, somebody say not, not, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. Listen, I know sometimes it's hard to get to church, right? It's hard to get to church because you got busyness and life and things pulling in all different directions. And then you know yourself. So then you're like, I don't even deserve to go to church because I know how messed up I am. Listen, that, that well-dressed person next to you right now is just as messed up as you are. They are. None of us are perfect. None of us have it all together. Listen, it, it, it's, it's so important to remember that he didn't come here to judge you. He didn't come here to judge you. He came here to save you. Are you with me? 
And now here's, here's what's so interesting. As, as we start to look at this just a little bit more, the Jewish people, Israel, as Jesus was coming, they were just looking to get out of oppression from Rome. That's all I want. I don't want to have to pay taxes anymore. Does anybody get an amen for that? Come on, somebody. Right? We're just finishing tax season right now. Some of you are just like me and haven't filled your stuff out yet. And you're like, what day is it? The ninth? Oh, goodness gracious. Right? Yeah, I see some of, the, some of the faces out there. Some of you are very prepared like other, you know, good for you. I'm glad. I'm glad. So many of us look at our lives and feel like if only God knew all the things I'd done, he wouldn't accept me. We feel like we can't go to church because if the church knew how messed up we are, I'd never be accepted. Here's, here's point number three. Are you with me? I will accept the gift of God's hope. Because listen, if he's already accepted you. He's already accepted you. Why? Because he sent his son for you, knowing that you were going to be messed up. Knowing. Knowing that you were going to make the choice you made last night. Knowing, knowing that you were going to tell that person they were number one on the freeway when they cut you off. <laughs> Not using the most pleasant of fingers. Are you with me? He knew. He knew how each of us would respond. He knew how many times we would screw up and how many times we'd go back to that vice. He knew, and yet he still sent his son. He still sent his son because he loves you. Are you with me? But here's the thing. Is we have to accept the gift. We have to accept the gift. You know, the Bible says that none of us are good enough. None of us. Not one. That's what it says in Romans. So if we're not good enough, then why are we trying to be good enough to be accepted by God or by His church? Are you with me? Come on. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, We are all infected. Somebody say infected. We are all infected. Tell the neighbor next to you, you're infected. And impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Now, how does that make you feel? Like, i got to be honest with you. Like, all the good things that I do, and God says it's like, like just dirty underwear. <laughs> like, wow, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Some, some of you have to do laundry, right? And you're like, how did you get this racing stripe here? Are you with me? Come on. Come on. I, I have boys, right? Are you with me? Your righteousness, your good deeds, my good deeds, our good deeds, everything good that we do. A little racing stripe. It's about that good. Are you with me? Are you with me? This is, this is what he's saying. It's like filthy rags. Filthy rags. It's good to laugh in church, isn't it? Like autumn leaves, they will wither and fall. And our sins sweep us away like the wind. You see, when Jesus came, he's like, oppression from Rome. When we're sitting here right now, oppression from Shell Station, oppression from your job, oppression from this relationship, oppression from these addictions. He's like, listen, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. That's... Like, I want to set you free, but I want to set you more free than, than you even think. So the Jewish people in the first century, they're looking for freedom from oppression. And we find ourselves fighting the same age-old fight. What they didn't know, and what we seem not to realize either, 
is that our battle is not against the oppression that happens around us, but the oppression that happens in us. You see, Jesus, Jesus didn't come to save them just from the stuff happening to them. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've prayed and God's done things for me when I needed Him to. Are you with me? Has anybody ever prayed and seen God answer those prayers in a physical way, in a way that's right now that's so good? Right? But He's saying it's more than that. It's more than that. Like, it's great that, it's great that your, your foot doesn't hurt anymore. It's great that, that you no longer have cancer. It's great that all these things. But listen, it's not the stuff that happens to you that's the problem. It's the stuff that's happening in you that's the problem. The stuff that's happening in you is what's going to lead you down a path that you don't want to be. And he wants to set you free of what's happening in you. See, it's those, those choices, those deceptions that we tell ourselves. This is the new hope that Jesus came with. He came with a hope to save us from ourselves. Save us from ourselves. In Romans, we're going we're gonna to get into some sin stuff a little bit. I know that's not super popular, but we're going to jump into it, okay? Romans 7, verse 14. It says, So the trouble is not the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the, that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. Verse 18, And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Come on, does this sound like anybody's regular prayers right now? Come on, this convicts me in a pretty big way. Verse 19, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Verse 20, but if I do what I don't want to do, am I not really the one doing wrong? Is the sin that in me that does it? Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Verse 22, I love God's law with all my heart. Verse 23, but there is nothing, there, there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life? That is dominated by sin and death. Thank God. Somebody say thank God. Thank God God that the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature I am a slave to sin. We all sit right there. Right there. Whether we want to admit it or not. Oh, no, Pastor, I'm, I'm a good person. I do, I do good things. You, you want to know how many people I helped this year? Racing stripes, bro. Racing stripes. I'm glad you got that, Dave. That was good, buddy. I'll get you some new underwear for Christmas. It'll be good. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. We are sinners. It's just who we are. You ever looked at someone and lusted after them? 
then you're a sinner. Have you ever lied about anything? On the way here, on the freeway, when it says 75? Come on, we don't pay attention to that anymore. It's whatever the car in front of us is doing, right? Flow of traffic, safety, it's safety, safety. That's what I always tell myself, it's safety. You know, I, I always go faster than all the other cars. That way I know where they are when I need to get around them. It's safety, it's safety. It's just pure safety. Is anybody with me? Right, especially on my motorcycle. I don't want anybody sneaking up behind me. I've got to pass them all, right? That way I know where they all are at. You know, if they go past me, that's scary. <laughs> Bike day, it's going to be fun. But you know what? We just don't measure up because of our sinful nature. Our sinful nature is what, what makes us fall back over and over and over and over again. But somebody say there's hope. There's hope. There's a new hope. You see, Jesus was saying, hey, listen, I'm going to set you free from sin completely. Completely. You can't pay for yourself. You can't pay to get out of, get out of jail free card. We can't do it. But you know what? He can. Because he who was sinless came and died for us so that we can be free. Amen? And something shifts in our life when we start to figure out who he is and how powerful he is. And we replace ourselves right there. We say, God, I surrender. I am a sinful man. I love what Simon Peter, when, when, when all the, the fish get put into the boat, oh Lord, go away from me, I am a sinful man. I think that that should be just about every one of us in here. God, I don't deserve your love. I'm not good enough. If you only knew. Of course he knew. Of course he knows. And he still says, come. And he still says, you're mine. And he still says, if I had to do it all over again, I would. I would die just for you. Are you with me? That's a God that loves us so much. Why do we celebrate today? We celebrate today because the resurrection is what changed everything. Everything. I mean, there were other Jewish teachers that died before him for teaching what they were teaching. Are you with me? There's martyrs all throughout history. But here's the thing. The difference between Jesus and all of them is that he was the son of God. He came down to earth. Right? If you, if you read even more about this, oh, it's so much fun. Just get in the Word of God, right? Pull out that paper Bible, the one that doesn't have other apps that will distract you. Pull out that paper Bible and say, God, show me. Show me. He says, he says in there that I was the only one that descended from heaven. Everyone else ascends to heaven. I'm the only one that descended from heaven to come down here and be with you. And how many times did he say to his disciples, how long must I be with you? Oh, this faithless generation. I mean, if that was a faithless generation, then what do we call this one? What do we call this one? I pray. I pray that we will see a day. We will see a day where people believe again. To see God move. When, when we can read these scriptures and fully understand them. That it says that if you, if you, you remain with me and I remain with you, then you will see all things come together for you. Why? Because we stay so close to him that we're looking for his will anyway. Are you with me? When we're looking for his will, we're not saying, God, will you fix this for me? God, will you make this better? If you would only do this, I would believe. Come on. The Bible says, put away childish things. Put away childish things. 
which means when, when God asks you to walk into something that is uncomfortable, something that is scary, something that doesn't make sense, something that everyone around you tells you is a bad deal and a bad idea, but God said, you got to say, okay, Lord, you're the Lord of my life. I gave you permission to lead me and guide me, and I don't fully understand this, but I know that you love me. And if you were asking me to do this, it's going to be for my good. Amen. Amen. All of a sudden, we start looking at circumstances differently. Do circumstances change? If we look back in history, it didn't change. Life sucked then as much as it does now. Are you with me? Things are difficult then just as much as they are now. Are you with me? I mean, these guys are calling, like, oh, this is garbage. What is this that we have to pay these taxes and do these things? And we're still doing it today. But the difference isn't the circumstances changing. The difference is what changes in you. Because all of a sudden, you look at your life differently. And you let God lead you. And you let him guide you. And he does all these cool miracles. But does it mean it's miracles every time? No. It's, there's hard times too. I, I woke up this morning thinking, can I even preach today? I'm going to have to give Pastor AJ my notes because I don't know if I can do it. I woke up with a, a sprained ankle. I'm like, are you kidding me, Lord? I'm reaching out to buddies over in, over in Florida because it's 4 in the morning because they're awake over there. So I'm like, hey, dude, can you pray for me? My ankle hurts so bad I can't walk. So I'm walking down. Are you with me? You know what? When things seem to go wrong, you know you're going in the right direction. When it seems like everything's coming against you, you know you're going in the right direction. Oh, my gosh. It's like you start getting excited. My beautiful bride says, oh, my gosh, honey, get excited. Something's going to be great today. Somebody's life's going to get changed today because everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. If there's not opposition, you probably shouldn't be going that way. It's going to be good. Somebody say it's going to be good. There's a new hope. I know some of you Star Wars people were probably disappointed they didn't have more Star Wars references in there. It was just the title. But I want to read John 3:16 and 17 again one more time. For this is how God loved the world. He gave. What do we need to do? Receive that gift. Receive that gift. His one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world from him. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.